Welcome to Freedom Forgers. My name is Pete Ambrosino. Today I am your host, and I have the privilege to have a very special guest with us today. He was ranked number two in Japan. He's the only foreigner to place in the master's division in the most prestigious event in the world, the World Karate Championship in Okinawa. He's an international karate Hall of Fame inductee and holds the prestigious eighth Dan from Okinawa. Now, for those of you that are not familiar with martial arts, an eighth degree black belt is what that means. Um, he holds that eighth Dan from the Okinawa Karate Association of Japan and the title of Shihan. Nine time USA Karate Championship and the list goes on and on. By the way, he actually holds instructor status in several other martial arts as well. He practices and teaches out of the USA Karate Dojo in Hollywood, Florida. He's my friend, Shihan Grant Campbell. Grant, welcome to the show. Thank you, Pete. It's an honor, and I, I greatly appreciate the invitation to come on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. I I, um, I welcome you to this, this topic that... Uh, that is burning in everyone's mind is, is the topic of freedom. And at Freedom Forgers, we, we really are here to change the narrative around it and around the way everyone perceives our freedoms. And, you know, one time we were talking and you had said to me that freedom is equal to personal responsibility. Can you share with us how, what that means in your life and how you took responsibility in your own life through your career? Uh, I'd be happy to. Basically, it, we've never had a time in this country where freedom is more applicable. And um, I think recent history really illustrates that. I think People around the country have greater opportunities. They have the opportunity to work from home, as an example. They have the opportunity to pursue education, all types of other um, liberties that in some environments, in some countries, they don't have. Yeah. We have a great representation of other cultures here, largely because of the freedoms that are associated with being in the United States. So... Um, when I say personal responsibility, I mean, it's up to each individual to develop the habits, develop the mindset that promotes freedom and promotes success. Mm -hmm. There are really very few actual limitations to a person's uh, freedoms here in this environment, but we have to work together at some point to move those fruited freedoms forward. Yeah, it's a shame many, many would disagree with that at this, at this moment in time, would you say? I think there are always gonna be people that disagree, no, yeah. matter what the, no matter what the topic is, whether it's health, whether it's fitness, whether it's education, there are always people that disagree. So yeah. I, I don't really tend to focus on that. I focus on the actual accomplishment of things yep. because that says a lot more than just the theory of whether or not this particular approach is working or that a particular approach. And a lot of times the people that don't 
agree are rather limited in their perspective. They may not have been as well-traveled. So take me back in time a little bit. We, we were talking about you uh, discovering the martial art, you know, and, and everyone's perception of martial arts for their kids is, oh, I want to teach my kids discipline and so forth and so on. Jump into to what we were talking about the other day and explain to our audience what, what that really means and tie that with tie that into the personal responsibility piece. Well, hey, um, I'm a product of the 1960s, man. And the environment of the 1960s was quite different than it is now. It wasn't a warm and fuzzy environment. Um, people weren't as confused about things like discipline and, uh, and responsibility as they are now. I mean, there's an environment now where people question a lot of things and it's not that that's bad, but in some cases, it's really important to establish some standards, some standards for behaviors, standards for uh, doing a variety of different things. And um, in the 60s, you know, that was an environment that um, I think you could honestly say some limitations were imposed on many groups of people. The mm. civil rights is a good, um, a good example of that. The 60s was a turning point because um, there were groups of people, you know, if you were different nationalities, in some cases, you'd have a really difficult time congregating together. Um, churches were even separated, you know, into uh, different races and, and things like that. So um, the 60s was a time of great conflict in this country. So my own personal situation arose where I, I was a small kid. I was asthmatic, highly asthmatic. So I didn't get out and couldn't play outside like a lot of the other kids did. And that led to me being rather sickly. And I was in the hospital a lot, all that kind of thing. And I wound up getting bullied severely um, at a very young age. And, and my parents eventually put me in martial art as a way to empower me and give me some tools to be able to handle um, the overly aggressive people. And you'd be surprised. Some of the people that I, I coach now in masterminds and, and in personal coaching um, are also interested in empowerment. They're interested in developing strategies that will work, whether we're talking business, we're talking personal, we're talking with children. Mm. And, and this establishes a framework for them to be more powerful in their own life. And when we talk about power, we're not exerting strength over other people, right. but we're exerting control over ourselves. And that's what real martial art is all about, but it has to be taught properly. Yep. And what don't they know? What, what don't most people realize about the, the discipline piece and the structure and the learning and the commitment about, I mean, you, you've committed your entire life to martial arts. So something sucked you in in an early age. What was that? Well, I think, you know, looking back, I mean, Martial art is a, it tends to be a vehicle mm. to establish certain things. So it, just as an example, you basically have two approaches that you can take to martial art. One is internal and the other is external. 
Mm-hmm. External focuses on the physical, right? Internal focuses on the inner processes that are going on within yourself. So it really just depends on the person as to which approach. There's no such thing as a better approach or a lesser approach. It's just which one is better for you. And um, martial art can allow people to explore in a very proactive way how to develop those things. But again, it has to be taught properly. Yeah, for sure. And, and what did you take responsibility for back then? Simple. I was a kid coming to class and half of that was my parents, you know, <laughs> making me come to class because as a skinny kid, it wasn't easy. Uh, the moment somebody laid on top of me trying to wrestle with me, everything was over. It was you know, <laughs> just get a heavy kid that just pancakes you and it's, it, it's all over, man. But you know, they instilled that discipline of not giving up, not quitting, which I'm kind of glad that the time period was different because today you see a lot of people that want to be friends with their kids and they want to, they want them to like every decision that they make and and they have the sensitivity. Um, Well, I don't want to make my child do things. And, and Pete, you and I both know, our lives would be a little bit different if we were made to do some of the things we kind of escaped from or didn't want to do. And there's sometimes when a more knowledgeable adult has to take ownership of the environment that they're creating for kids and take ownership of the exposure for those kids. So don't be afraid necessarily to expose kids to things that initially they don't really like, but you as the adult know this is something they need to learn or need to be exposed to. Swimming is a good example. You know, here in South Florida, you know, children should be exposed to knowing how to swim and being able to handle themselves in that way. Just an example. It's a great, it's a great example. And it's a great tie-in to um, why I think you are so relevant to this conversation. It's because of your influence on all the kids that you've had the privilege to, to uh, instruct and teach and coach and mentor. You know, um, can you tell me a little more about that piece around being that influence and being that adult that stretched the kid when mom and dad really couldn't, right? Sure, sure. Um, Well, I've been I've been actively teaching martial art for 37 years this year, and I think You know, like now the buzzword is influence and, you know, everybody's using that word. I didn't I didn't get in martial art for that. And I didn't start teaching martial art for that. My my hope was more along the line of inspire. There you go. So as a teacher that was on the front line, I would I would show and demonstrate and train and I would demonstrate things and hopefully my execution of those things would inspire people to start on a path. It would start them toward a path of self-development, would start them to become interested in this thing. And, um, and it worked. You know, I, I've taught thousands of students over the years and um, many of them have gone on to 
achieve great things, not just in martial art, because that's not really a parameter for me, but have gone on to become doctors, professional entertainers, lawyers, people that go on and accomplish wonderful things, students of a high caliber in in an academic sense. And, And that's more the parameter that I go with, you know, I'm not really concerned about earning trophies and things like that. I think that's wonderful. And I certainly participated in my share of that, but I'm much more interested in developing um, people in the, in appropriate ways. And one of the things that you are, you are treading lightly around is, and I I know it's because of your character that you just won't, you won't do this, but the, the major influence that you had on those kids and teaching them what it took to get through those life successes, right? To get to be, go through school and finish and complete what you start and, and the, the, the stick-to-itiveness of it all, right? Right. I mean, you, 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 were a, you were a major role model for those kids. And you've told me stories about these kids that have been with you for years and have never stopped training with you. True. True. You know, and, and that's a, that's a huge responsibility. I mean, that's, you're, you're not only taking personal responsibility for yourself, but you're taking responsibility for all the kids you teach. I, I, I acknowledge that I I do. I do feel a commitment to the people that I teach, the people that come to learn, the people that are exposed to what we do. And I, I think, I think by living your life and living your life, in the way that you're following a path. And in my case, I'm following, nothing that I, I do is really something that I created. It's right. more something that was kind of outlined before by senior people that lived a life. And I saw, I saw the, the, the lifestyle and I, I saw that as being desirable. So I, I modeled my choices in many ways over, over time in that way. And Hopefully people will see just a consistent pattern because when you take consistent action on a regular basis, it's going to move you in a certain direction. Now, if, if it's good choices and it's the healthy choices, then it's going to move you in a healthy direction. If it's the opposite where, it, you know, it's negative choices or, you know, addictive behaviors, it can move you in a different direction. So, you know, remind- key, I think. Remind me again, how, how many years did you spend in Japan with mom and dad? Uh, my parents weren't with me. I, I was an adult at that time, oh. but the total amount of time I've spent in Japan is about seven years. Total. Total seven. Okay. Yep. And, and I, I would say the exposure to a very unique culture um, opened my eyes because we have a different perception of America and who and what we are than the rest of the world does. And being able to be outside the United States and see the perspective of the United States um, in a different environment, in a different way, was eye-opening, to say the least. And it made me appreciate a a lot of qualities and characteristics that we have here in this country, really good. Yeah, you know, it's funny because that's one of the things that my, my co-host Torque and I talk about quite a bit. Um, he is well traveled around the world. I've been to several countries several times, you know, mm-hmm. you and I have been together away and so forth. Um, 
And it is amazing. It, it, it really is what we take for granted in this country and, and how, you know, we see what standards and levels our kids are held to compared to other countries and, you know, mannerisms, behaviors, how they're, how they interact with others. And, you know, that's right. You know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's, there's a big gap there. There's no question. So, you know, my, my question was around, you know, taking those standards that of all that time you spent in Japan, you got to, you got to gift that to your students as well and, and, and open their, their eyes up and, and minds as well, I would assume. Sure. Sure. Um, one thing about our environment here in this country is a, is a very mixed environment. There's no, our culture consists of many elements of different cultures. Whereas in Japan, it's a very homogenous society. Right. So the, you know, everyone in the society understands certain basic guidelines and abides by them. Right. Um, translate that to martial art. And what you have is you have a culture, not so much in a sense of a particular nation, but you have what we call a martial culture, which if we're going to teach civilian personnel techniques that can learn, that they can do, that can result in physical harm, we have to also have the responsibility to teach them the mentality and to know how to utilize these skills. And that's that's a part of martial culture in a sense for you know civilian martial artists so that's the responsibility i think martial arts teachers should um should have and it's a dangerous line because see in an environment where sport is uh, glorified that involves winning that's a completely different thing than the art of self-defense yeah mindset yeah 100 and you know what totally different yeah, real, real quick. And, you know, it's just like handing a kid a lethal weapon. And that's where, you know, take, for example, the people that do oppose, um, say, gun ownership in this country, right? Mm -hmm. Really, you know, you, you, me and Joe can go to the store and they can just do a quick background check, check and have no idea what our mental state is, what our, right. you know, anything about us, right? Right. It, and we can walk out with a lethal weapon. You don't want the same thing to happen in the karate dojo, right? So no. that, that would be one, one of the only valid arguments for, you know, people that are against gun rights. But um, at any rate, you know, that, that is, um, that's a key point because, it, it, and it's not, it's not one class on that, right? Mm -hmm. No, not at all. It's not what, it's not you're going in and teach it at once and then, right? It's 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 the the idea that, you know, you're going to learn something that you're going to hope and pray that you never have to use in real life. Right. Right. That's the concept of self-defense. It's it's protection, yep. protection of yourself against assault, whether it's mental, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional. See, because martial art, when it's taught properly, involves the physical, mental and spiritual. When we say spiritual, we're not talking about like a religious sense. But we're talking about your ability to develop your drive, your spirit, your willpower, your, you know, the non-tangibles, the mentality that you possess, being able to control that. And obviously the physicality and, and demonstrate physical mastery of yourself. All those elements are a part of training. And 
you know, I personally feel that it's something that's beneficial to the kids to, to um, look at as a vehicle for them to be able to pursue whatever else they want to do in life and have, um, have a superior level of commitment and discipline because you can't get skill in martial art without commitment. A real teacher is not going to allow uh, development of, of physical skill without the proper attitude, which is a positive mental attitude. They have to have that. Yeah. So, so quick sidetrack. Mm-hmm. We, we, we were talking um, last week and you had said that in your, in your school, you have to have good grades to come to martial arts class, don't you? Right. In order, in order for students to progress, it's not just their physical performance of technique and can they choke somebody? Can they break an arm? Can they kick somebody in the head? It's, right. it's what kind of person are you? What kind of performance are you doing in school? How are you behaving towards your parents? Those are kinds of things that I, I think are important for kids, just as for adults. I mean, if, if you see that someone has the attitude and mindset to misuse what they're learning, I mean, this is just not the environment for them. They, 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 they're out of gas coming here. Yeah, and, you know, and the shame is that it used to be that way in high school sports and in college sports that, you know, the education and the well-roundedness of the, of the student was more important than showing up on the field because if you weren't participating in the rest of life, the right, you know, in, in not the proper way, I don't want to say, but in a, in a, um, in a good way, you didn't mm-hmm. get to play, right? That's right. And, and that's right. It's, you know, cause it's a privilege to play. It's a privilege to, to step on that floor in the dojo and, and, and learn. Right. Um, that's right. That's, that's the piece I think is missing, um, in, in most of our lives today. So let's switch gears for a moment. You, um, you have an amazing example of freedom in your life and background. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, sure. Like, um, like I said, man, um, the environment in the 1960s was one of, you know, great change. We'll, we'll call it that. But at the same time, there's a lot of limitations. And then there was an aftermath of that. So just imagine being, um, being from New York City and being completely enamored and totally stoked by Bruce Lee and the martial arts craze that hit the, uh, hit the movie theaters and hit the country for the first time back then. And, um, you know, being, being told what you can't do and what wouldn't be realistic for you Mm. and being told that, uh, well, you know, what else, what other things are you interested in? Because that's probably not going to happen kind of thing. And, and for some people that kind of thing would be discouraging, but, um, I wasn't that type of person, you know, if you tell me. Is that because you felt like you were a little fish in a big pond being in New York City or, you know, what was going on? Discrimination was going on. Um, A lot of times limited thinking, limited perspectives was going on back then. Um, People not having a wide lens to view things. That's what was going on then. So. You know, I think it was more a product of that and other people projecting onto a young kid what they were thinking was reality when, in fact, that's not the reality. Reality is much bigger than that. 
and that happens a lot. And I learned a lot of lessons in life from that. Yeah, for really. sure. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I know and now going back to New York, um, you, how long? How long did you teach in? It was Harlem, right? I was born in Harlem and I taught in New York um, from 85 to 95. Yeah, 90, 95, 96. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there were people selling drugs on the street around the dojo. And- oh, yeah. I remember, um, I remember a particular incident, actually, when I opened a, uh, I opened a school on the upstairs in a fairly rough area called South Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there, there were, there were drugs and things like that all over the place. And the one thing that stands out, I guess, back then is, you know, the, the local guys that were running on the, on the corners, they had respect for the fact that there was a dojo on the second floor of this building over here. And occasionally you'd hear the, oh, sensei, you know, and, and they'd, they'd give a little respect when I walked by because I chatted with um, one, of the, one of the tough guys in the area. And I said, look, I'm putting a martial arts school on the second floor. Let's not have anybody approach any of the kids that have a bag and they're coming up to my school. Let's have that understanding. I'm respectful. You guys make your choices and you have your path. But these kids are a different story. They're trying to get an education in something completely different. And it worked. They gave respect. They gave respect. And we didn't have any issues with that kind of thing for the duration of the time we were there. That's amazing, man. That's amazing. I mean, those kids would have never had that opportunity in that environment had you not had that, had that door open for them. You know, man, I, I see it. I see it like this. Every adult has the opportunity to be a role model to kids. It's, it, it really comes down to doing what you say you're going to do and caring enough to be consistent. You know, kids are not little adults, so they don't have the same mindset and frame of reference that adults do. So you'd be surprised what you can do in a child's life by just showing up, being up and being somebody that the kid can count on. See, when kids come to a dojo, they know what they're going to see. They know what to do. It's the same. And kids thrive on repetition and they thrive on things being the same. Adults are the ones that need all this variety. I need to change my workout every week because my, my body needs to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Kids, they need things to be the same. Even, even, even training animals and domesticating animals, you don't, get training by changing it all the time, changing up all the time. There's a time when that, that becomes necessary, but in order to instill certain fundamentals, you have to do repetition. One of my greatest mentors talks about the fact that repetition is the mother of skill. Mm-hmm. And that is something that is a direct relation to martial art. I mean, you can't get skill in anything without doing it over and over and over and over again. The challenge for parents and adults is how do you get to do that and keep your mind focused? How do you enjoy the process of doing that? And if they want to know the answer to that, then they've got to reach out content. That's awesome. That's awesome. And these kids, some of these kids are are still in contact with you years later, I'm assuming. 
Oh, absolutely. I hear from I hear from students that have gone on to wonderful careers and different things all over the country and in different parts of the world as well. And uh, I, I've taught online for a number of years and I have, you know, quite a few members that participate in the online learning. And uh, yeah, it, it's worked out really, really well. And they, they, they do keep in touch. And I always am gratified to hear from people from the past. What do they tell you? What are, what are some of the stories that you hear sometimes? I can't count the number of times I've heard people say that those were the best years of their life. They draw from the lessons that they learned uh, as adults and it's amazing. And they look back and they have all these great memories and stuff. And some remember even some unpleasant times like uh, in training, there's no easy way to do abdominal development, right? <laughs> you can't, right. there's no easy way to do sit-ups, right? So, you know, they, they laugh about how difficult it was, but how proud they were that they could even do it and how they use that as a metaphor to move forward when things get difficult because they've already been through some difficulties and then they pioneer and, and go into these different areas and are not afraid, you know, it's, like it, having, it's kind of fun. It's like having the reference, hey, it's not as hard as doing sit-ups with Master Campbell, man. There's no ah! <laughs> exactly. exactly. That's right, man. That's awesome. And then, you know, to, to kind of tie this together, you'd mentioned empowerment. And the other day you'd said that the only way that freedom happens is with empowerment. Tell me what you meant by that. Well, you know, I think I think empowerment and, and freedom go hand in hand because, you know, to take to take people, whether it's an individual or a group of people and to enable the people to accomplish things, to enable and permit people to move in certain directions. That's, that's really freedom. You know, um, again, drawing from the words of, of one of my mentors, you know, being able to do what I want, when I want, as long as it doesn't cause harm to other people, um, in the amount that I want, I mean, there's a measure of freedom to that. You know, when you're in an environment like in the early part of the 20th century, where oh, not everyone can congregate together, mm-hmm. not everyone um, can enjoy the benefits of this particular thing, not everyone can work in this place, not everyone has the ability to do this or that, that's a restrictive environment. And, um, you know, we are living in a different time, but we need to always remember the oppression and other things that existed so that that doesn't occur again. And we're not mindlessly repeating patterns that didn't work the first time around. Yeah, I mean, and there's also an element of of control around that, that, you know, there's always a power grab going on. Mm -hmm. And you know, even when it's not happening, it, it really is kept alive because of the need for control. And that's, that's where we feel that our freedoms might be getting crossed, right? Or, or getting taken away from us when really it can't be taken away. Your freedom is within you. It's not, it's not something that somebody can take away in, in my 
view. Because um, mm. we can be in any situation and have that sense of freedom in some way or have a perspective around that, right? I, I, I do agree in, in many sense with, with what you've said, because, I mean, look, if, if you are concentrating yourself on developing yourself and enhancing your own capabilities, enhancing your mindset, opening your mind to the greater realities, not just what you think exists, and your old definitions of things, but being able to understand things that are actually unfolding in front of you. That's, that's a huge power. So in martial art, what, we, what we're trying to do is instill the concept of mastery in more than one dimension. It's not just a physical kicking and punching. Right. It's not just a physical mastery, like we talked about earlier. It's mental mastery. How do you apply these concepts in a way that's going to benefit you and benefit other people as well. It's kind like, like strategy. It's like an art of strategy. Yeah. You know? It's kind of like the adult version of being bullied, right? We were bullied as we were bullied as kids. I know you you have a big a story around that. I have a story around that. I was picked on when I was a kid. That's you know, it 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 was it's something that is uh, it, it has affected our life and and then and and we grow to change that, right? Because we don't want to be that way, right? You can, absolutely. You can grow to change that. It, and it's important that the adults around people that are you know, having these issues with uh, bullying and um, you know, dealing with overly aggressive people, it's important that the support people understand what their role is sure. in a child's life because if you don't encourage them to overcome that and give them the tools that they need, then yep. that can be a scar that leads to the formation of different things. I mean, we're hearing about people that get bullied, even cyberbullying, which is a whole different type. Oh of my thing. God. And, and people have gotten so bullied that they've taken their own life. Now just think about what that means on many different levels for somebody to be harassed so much they want to take their own life. I mean, that, you know, and, and I don't think that's just the failing of one person. I think that, that the support people in that person's life also have to look at where were they for this person? and What was built? You know, how could that happen? It's not just, it's not just the failings of one individual that they decided to take their own life. It's, it's like, what else failed them? I mean, think about it. Yeah, for sure. So now have you had, have you had kids in your class that have been on the other side of the bullying being the bully? If it's ever brought to my attention, yes, there have been kids that, that had aggressive behavior and things like that. And if their parents kept them involved in the martial art, the behavior was changed. Yeah. Because you know, it, it just had to. There's a difference in attitude. And a lot of times bullies, especially kids, they're expressing frustration with some aspect of life. It's going on. And they're not, they're not able to articulate it. So it comes out in behavior. You know, yeah. I mean, everybody's heard the old expression, if a kid can't get positive attention, they turn to negative attention. Negative. Well, it, it, a lot of things like that happen. I mean, when you, when you look at the bigger picture, many 
of the people that um, I was bullied by, they came from homes where something wasn't right. They came from an environment where maybe they weren't spending enough time with their mom or dad, or maybe one of the parents wasn't there. Maybe, um, you know, other situations were happening in the home that were very, very either wrong or unpleasant. And they didn't have a resource or anyone to help them to deal with that. So they, you know, acted out. See, and then they enter the environment of your class and see the interaction that's going on, see the respect that happens, see the um, the way that everyone is interacting with each other. Right. And the learning begins. That's right. It, it's a different environment. And people in general, you know, they respond differently to that. Like even, for example, you take some of the adults that, that – are interested in enhancing their performance and developing a sense of mastery and things like that. Because again, these are buzzwords that people are using, but um, they're not really understanding or demonstrating this mastery concept. So I have people that will come to me to develop a higher understanding and, and uh, you know, participate in mastermind or, or one of the coaching programs. And that, that will instill and hold accountable a different code of conduct, a different way of being. And, um, you know, they're benefiting from not just me, but the knowledge of other people that are involved in that group. And it helps to round out their perspective because let's face it, as adults, a lot of times pe people wanna learn things, but it's almost as though they've forgotten how to be a student and they've forgotten how to be in that mindset of growth. Because, you know, we, we spend enough time as a child, depending on the environment. And a lot of people are like, they can't wait to be an adult where nobody can tell them what to do. And then oh. the, problem, <laughs> the problem comes later with, you know, hey, you're an adult and there's nobody to tell you what to do. And there's a big question mark. And where do you begin? And how do you do these things? And, you know, I have, I have people that come to me that they want to open a business and they don't know, you know, where to start or how to get it off the ground or what to do and, you know, all these kinds of things. And, you know, our team really works hard to, to give people uh, the benefits of what we do in a variety of different ways. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's been a very rewarding journey for me because empowering other people is, um, is a very rewarding thing. You know, just you know, and, and you know what else compounds it too, Grant, is 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 the the thinking that you know after school or after I get my degree, my learning ends. I know everything now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it never happens. It never happens. You know, it's. I think that I, I don't know the statistics in, because it's it's not really um, it's not really something that I, I reference often. But there's a staggering number of people that have degrees and are not employed in the field that they got the degree oh God, in. That huge. That right. Like, yeah, yeah. right. And the amount of people that have incurred debt for an education that is not serving them. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that, that's just amazing. It's an amazing thing. But again, you have to look at, you have to look at the support team as well. You know, like if you're seeing somebody go in, 
you know, go into an educational setting and they're kind of being set up to fail in, well, yeah. in a certain sense. Are you going to allow them to do that? Or are you going to have practical conversations with them right. that will help them to ask, or ask them questions that they're maybe not answer, asking themselves? That's right. You know, that, that's important. Yeah. Talk about setting up to fail. I mean, coming out of school with a mountain of debt, four years of lost time going in a direction that has, that has nothing to do with what we just spent the four years on. Mm. And, and now having to find how to pay the debt back as fast as possible before, right. you know what I mean? It's like, right. it's like starting out at the bottom of a mountain. Again. I mean, I mean, college, college and different institutions are certainly, they, they have a purpose. Oh, yeah. 100%. Some people are not being served in that environment in the same way. And whether it's the academic advisors, whether it's the parents, you know, or support team, there's an obligation that adults and parents and, and, and people have to one another to make sure that people aren't going the wrong direction and you're just standing there watching them. Yeah. You know, so if you don't see point. a practicality, you got to take action. Case in point, how many kids have you guided to say, hey, if you want to be a nurse or you want to be a, uh, an engineer, what, what do you think about going and being an intern for a little while and seeing what the day in the life of is? before you commit to that path. Yeah, right? you know, I can't even I can't even count the number of of children and and teens and young adults that I've, I've helped in that way. I mean, there've been countless times that because our our network is pretty extensive in that area, there've been countless times where someone has said they wanted to do this or they thought of this as a career right. and I've actually taken them to someone that I know that does that particular type of work or um, had some of my students that are professional firefighters, like a lieutenant in the fire department or whatever, to come and talk to them about what this is, what it does. And, you know, how, how, what's the lifestyle like? What are the pros and what are the cons and, and help them to make an effective decision, you know, because when you have, when you have the access to information like that, why on earth would you not do that? I just here's the thing, man. Don't think you, you know as well as I do that. Mm -hmm. You know, me as a kid, I would less likely listen to my old man, and I would listen to my favorite uncle first. Put a guy like you in my life, as influential and as. Um, I don't, you know, just it, somebody that I see on a, on a, a, you know, three times a week, maybe five times a week and mm -hmm. having those empowerment conversations, right. A whole lot, a whole nother level than your favorite uncle conversation. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. Absolutely. Um, anything, anything else? I mean, and, and that's, and that speaks to the empowerment of, of, empowering people to have the freedom. And what most don't understand is we, we can have this at any stage of our life. I agree. I agree. I think, I think there are more people now that are in need and seeking the benefits of structure, the benefits of regular commitment and understanding what some of these buzzwords really mean in a practical sense. Right. Um, you know, I mean, 
people are talking about things like longevity. They're talking about things like, uh, you know, uh, personal development and growth. What if you could be on a path that included all of those things? Because when I was a young kid, you know, I, I was no different than any of the other kids, but it's kind of like the, the metaphor of a, a clean glass of water and a dirty glass of water. I mean, if you give people a choice of clean glass of water or dirty glass of water, which one do you think people will pick? And when I was a kid, I had a glimpse of something that offered all of those things because I was seeing lifelong learning taking place. I was seeing people that were committed to a thing and didn't allow life to get in the way of that commitment because they saw a bigger sense of responsibility. See, when you, when you get involved in an activity like what I do, at first you get involved because of you and it's all about you and what you want, what you need, what your goals are, what belt you want, what kind of trophy you want to get. And then, but to stay in it, it no longer is limited to just you. You become more aware of other people and you become more aware of your responsibilities to other people. And then in the process, you're developing certain aspects of yourself that may not have been developed before, where there's a compassion, there's a concern, there's, there's a responsibility, the sense of responsibility. Because, hey, if, if I'm on this path and you show up, well, if I know a little more than you, I kind of have a responsibility to help you along that path so that I can help you to overcome whatever obstacles. And then the two of us are traveling. So we help each other. And then there's this third guy that shows up. And now before you know it, we've got a whole army of people moving the same direction, all helping each other to progress. And I think a lot of fields are like that. If you have the right mentality. Yep. And, yeah, and that's, and that, you know what, what a, what a great, great way to wrap up today, because that ultimately is the bigger picture around freedom. It's, you know, mm-hmm. once we realize it and we're, and we are feeling and embracing our own freedoms, the real question is how do we give it to others? How do we allow that, allow them to have it and share with them? So that's, that's beautiful, man. Well, listen, it was a true honor and a pleasure having you on the show. Um, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Um, I know I know the audience has gotten a ton out of this, and uh, I'd love to have you back sometime if you if you come. Absolutely, it was a pleasure and an honor again, and I, I wish you all well. Thanks for having me, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank Absolutely. you.